2: At
1: LuckyLandSlots.com
2: Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hello. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm all right, mate. You know, everything's pretty much
2: the same, but we're starting to go to the pub. I'm going to get to go to the pub soon. With a with a friend, drink beer. It's going to be wonderful. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, went to the pub yesterday. I, oh, I don't show off. I mean, Jesus,
2: I'm excited
1: about it. And you're just like, yeah, I've been to the pub loads. What's wrong with you? Yeah. When you, I had three pints. Would you reckon is three pints too much, just right, or a good start? Is it to put this in
0: context? Fergus means before getting in and driving a car. Yeah, just to drive.
2: <laughs> no, I think I think three points is. a... It depends, like, because what 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 time frame are we talking? Did he just smash it through in like an hour and a half? Because that's that's pretty punchy. And also, three points of what was it a shabby or was it a Bales.
0: Bales. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Too much. I would
2: say. <laughs> It's too Christmassy. What you do?
0: <laughs> three pints is the perfect level. If you could hold that level, you would play pool perfectly. Yes. That's that's, that's, what,
1: sweet spot. that's what Usain Bolt had drank when he, rat- when he broke the world record. <laughs> three pints. Yeah. That's what I heard, yeah.
0: Most world <laughs> records in track and field are set on three pints.
1: Um, so, I mean, if three pints is optimum performance... <laughs> Then our squad must have had three pints before the Leicester game because what a performance that was! And before the Arsenal game, it must have been oh, maybe only one or, or, or eight. And I, we we have
0: had a few games this season where it has looked like we've had eight pints, to be or fact.
1: three, or three pints of Bailey's. Yeah. I uh, I. Uh, I didn't. Since the last podcast, we've had the the Arsenal game and the uh, Leicester game. I didn't see the Arsenal game. I deliberately didn't even bother with the highlights. I couldn't be asked. Are we all agreed? Should we just skim over it? Yeah. 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 It was
2: shit. Tough. We didn't turn up. It was right. yeah, nothing to talk about.
0: We were protesting their Super League status by not turning up. I think it was a boldness. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Very
1: good. Um, but the Leicester performance, you could say, I mean, it was a shame, In not that it really matters, but it was a shame they got a couple of goals near the end. But you could say that, that was one of our best away performances in years, right?
2: I'd say it's definitely the best away performance under Bruce, arguably the best performance under Bruce.
1: Yeah, it's probably the best result of the season. Hmm. Uh, Certainly, when yeah, it was yeah. four four nil, it was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, the, the the two goals that we conceded late on, I
2: think that's a combination of us taking off our best players and um, and just switching off because it was it, we were four nil up, and there was just a bit of complacency, a bit of lack of lack of um lack of focus. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. It's a shame, but uh, fine, doesn't
0: matter. It's a nice problem to have, one we don't mm. often have of not
1: keeping a clean sheet with our four goal lead. Yeah. I thought we were I thought we were good for it. We were um yeah, Paul, if the system is working quite well, right? That was the best example of it yet, right?
0: Yeah, we looked. I don't know if it's because the pressure was off a bit as well, the pressure was on Leicester, but we just looked. Composed, we were like a team that could actually pass the ball, which we haven't a lot this season. And we just had that sort of clinical performer up front. We seem to get the best out of Almiron in that system, which we haven't managed before. We, he always seemed like a square mm. peg in a round hole. And Joe Willock makes such a difference starting in there as well. That just that link between midfield and
1: attack. He, he was everywhere, company, wasn't he? He was really busy. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, think, I um, had I had nothing bad to say about Joe Willock, but I was starting to wonder whether. I mean, it's obviously his goal scoring rate coming on from the bench. That's not a sustainable thing. He's just started very well in terms of scoring goals, but I was one. I was wondering, is he as? As good as a midfielder, uh, of a midfielder that that the impact he's having on games suggests. Mm. But that was, well, him starting against Leicester, in addition to the goal, it was just a really good all-round performance.
2: Right. Yeah, I think I think what he brings to the team uh, is is energy. It's the kind of energy that we see in uh, from Matty Longstaff on occasion. But I think there's more to Willick's game at the minute because he's you know he's more experienced and arguably a better player anyway. So I thought I thought Willock was excellent.
1: I really did. He surely priced himself out of playing for us next year. Right. Don't I don't mean, know because because Arsenal, like
2: big picture, Arsenal were joining the ESL because they're absolutely broke. Um so they're going to need to sell players, especially in a COVID post-COVID football landscape. They're going to need to sell players. And it's because they're, you know, they're in need of cash. It drives the price down on everybody. So you could be, they could ask for like 20 million quid for Joe Willock, which it's a lot of money. It's certainly a lot of money for a team, like for a club like Newcastle. But I think it's, it's 20 million quid that we'd get more value from that expense than putting 20 million pound on some, I don't know, some some guy from the the French league that we don't know if he's going to work or not. I think.
1: Well, hopefully think he. Um, hopefully he looks like he's enjoying it. So hopefully that if it comes down to him making a choice between us and, for example, I don't know, Crystal Palace or something, um, who are obviously closer to where he's from. But hopefully, hopefully you know he's enjoying his time with us and would quite like to stay. He's not going to be in the Arsenal side, so yeah, yeah,
2: that'd be nice. Um, I think we were helped hugely by Johnny Evans going off um, injured in the like before before kickoff for Leicester because they had to do like a last minute reshuffle, and he like he is an excellent Premier League defender, but he also organises their defence, and they looked they looked all at sea. And I mean, we can talk about the goals in more detail, but like. um, not Sioncho, so Sioncho. He was you. guilty of show tunes, show tunes, show, show, tunes. Tunes. Um, show <laughs> tunes, uh, He he was guilty of a couple of like big errors, and and like Willick chased them down. So I think um, losing him, and also because they were playing such a high line, it just it just it just fed into the counter-attacking football that we're playing at the minute. It was just it was manner from heaven that.
1: Yeah, they weren't great, but they weren't. It, it wasn't. It didn't feel like uh, some of the other games that we've won in the season where the, the, the other side were having a really, really bad day.
0: No, we completely deserved the win. I think the other thing is, well, I can't remember going into a game with less confidence that we'd get a result. So against Leicester lately, they just seemed to batter us. I don't know. It was hmm. just we are lucky to have got them at this stage of the season or we there's probably elements of that and elements of we just performed better than we have for ages but I almost didn't watch it because I just thought why ruin a weekend right at the start of it by watching Mm. Newcastle especially after the Arsenal game and yeah that came out of nowhere and I think that's all down to Steve Bruce and Graham Jones I'm sure you agree Dave (laughs)
2: I definitely think it's down to Graham Jones. You're right. Yeah. You cut out a bit at the beginning. I, I think maybe you were going to mention Joe Linton or something, but he didn't start. So, you yeah, know, it's just it Joe, Graham Jones. It's all down to Graham Jones.
1: <laughs> well, it's taken a long time to get there, and whoever's worked it out, you know, it's a tedious argument to have. But it is a um, it is a system that a, a counter-attacking, with the play, players that we've got in our squad, when they're all fit, as a counter-attacking force, we are not a side that should be finishing 17th. Or certainly... Yeah, yeah. They are... They, they, are they, they remind me of... I mean, they weirdly remind me of another season where we went down. At times, when we had, like, Sissoko and Wijnaldum. And uh, did we have Denver Bar in that side? No, I think we had
0: Mitrovic and Perez. Yeah. Who else did we have up front that season?
1: But we did. There was a time I just always remember that game where we beat Norwich and one got four goals. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: But, I think the, the the thing that frustrates me is that even without Wilson and uh, Saint Maximum, who've who've missed fair fair chunks of the season. Um, we've got the personnel to have been playing this, you know, roughly this style of football from the off. Like we could have been playing with uh, with Gale or or, or Joe Linton even in Wilson's role, and we've got attacking midfielders like Murphy and Ritchie and, and stuff like that. We we could have been playing. No, they're nowhere near as good as Wilson and and Saint Maximum. but we could have been playing this style. So I don't know
1: why we weren't yeah we've done enjoy it while it's here don't go you you know don't be like don't be be like a dad who's who's been away not paying his kids attention been to you know been in prison or whatever and come back and go and just (laughs) and be like oh for the years we've lost all the years we've lost i'm sorry i wasn't left here it's the the past is the past (laughs) It's the very good analogy and I'm sticking with.
2: It's a that's bizarre felt, analogy. Yeah, it felt oddly specific. <laughs> what is going on? You
0: know,
2: I know what you said I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not focusing on that. I I'm really, true. really happy that that Leicester um that we smashed Leicester around. Delighted that Wilson got a brace and um, arguably he could have got his hat trick. I think um I think that's 50 Premier League goals or 51 Premier League goals for him. Um Ah. Uh, that that game. Um, unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the season. But like, I thought he was he was he was brilliant. I thought it was probably his one of his best performances, if
0: not his best performance. I think we, before we get into Wilson, just, the rest to, of the just it? to extend Fergus's prison analogy. Yeah, okay. so the reason we're playing well, it's using players that have been there all season, and we've not bothered with for no reason so it would be that dad coming out of prison and then realizing he didn't need to be in prison <laughs> the door was open all the time it's that, that's what's frustrating about it but we it shouldn't yeah. be negative we're just looking at the form table for the league we're sixth over the last six mm. days
2: it's, it's and weirdly
0: weirdly it's, if gone. you if you'd
2: said to me like oh we're we're 10th in the form table i wouldn't have backed with an eyelid i wouldn't have thought that that feels low. Like, but to be up in sixth is
1: that's that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder it's a shame Wilson's injured, and I do fear that him and Saint Maximum it's just gonna be like that with them season upon season. Don't two. be like that dad that comes back from prison and uh, yeah. <laughs> he complains <laughs> and <laughs>
2: and he's worried that his kids might go off with a new
1: dad. Don't be that guy. Okay. Hmm. Um, right. I mean, which is, which is good. Is there anything... Like, is there we anything should about- talk about,
0: like Dave started talking about Callum Wilson, I think, especially that goal where it hit the post, and he just mm. effortlessly slotted it in from an angle, which I'm pretty sure was impossible.
1: Yeah. It was already, when it hit the post... He was already wheeling away in celebration. Hmm. So it, the the, um, the rebound shot was so instinctive. It was like, well, I've already thought I've scored. I'll just finish off the job. But the way well, like the, ball,
0: the way the ball sort of came at him as well, it was like you know when a dad comes out of prison. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you know what I liked? I liked his um, his his post match interview where he, he was talking about the um the the chance that he put away. I think it was um, Richie who put him away um, with a long ball from from a lesser. Oh yeah. on on the counter attack, and he rounded Schmeichel and just put it away so confidently. Like it, but I had no doubt we were going to score at that point. I had no doubt. It was just I had total faith that Wilson would do it, and then. Michael has shown
0: post-match. earlier in that game as well. He is a difficult keeper to beat one on one. Like so mm. that save from St. Maximin was.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, ridiculous. yeah. We, that was such a gr- good break. But the, yeah, in the in the post match, Wilson Wilson was like, oh, and then I went through, and it was just like classic Wilson. And just think, Should you really be <laughs> talking about yourself in the third person? There, are you? Are you that
0: yeah. good? I think yeah. if anyone can do it, a striker can. You wouldn't want yeah. it from like a, a right back. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: just classic Emil Kraft. Yeah, <laughs> just
1: <laughs> classic monkeyo. <laughs> um, Kraft. What's even more amazing about Kraft played in central defence, and um, it was one of our best performances of the season, it was not the best. So
0: he did have his. I mean, usually... ridiculous yellow card. Where he just mm. looked looked very out of position because he was and it, yeah, they did identify
2: like our right hand sides, and they did try and attack down that, that side, but I thought we defended well throughout the game, and I thought Dubravka pulled off a couple of excellent saves, not least the one against Perez, and the dying like when it was four two, and yeah. Perez at the back stick.
0: so unreal save it's true. I think Murphy we had, as well, after having yeah. such a bad game against Arsenal, came back really well. Good. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think they all did, yeah. I
1: was about to say, this feels weird, talking about such a good performance and being positive, and I was going to say, uh, should we have a break and then move on? Because it doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe we could have a break and then uh, bring things back down to earth with um, Steve Bruce's appearance on Talk Sport this week and uh, some stuff from social media. Um, sounds sounds thrilling. Cool. So uh, let's go uh, have a break, and then we'll be back in a moment. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean Cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Newcastle Latter. My name is Fergus Craig and still with me are Paul Doolin and Dave Hello. Watson Good break, guys. How was it? It was good. It was like,
0: I feel like a dad that's been in prison and come back for the rest of the show. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm, gonna stop. I'm either going to stop now or keep going too much with that? I think stop is safer.
1: So um, the mood was at perhaps its highest point, certainly of the season, I would have thought, after our Friday night win against Leicester and us, to all intents and purposes, uh, securing safety, which went on to happen later in the week. Um, on Monday, Steve Bruce gave uh, an interview to Talk Sport and annoyed some fans. Uh, and at this point, I'm going to go to Dave Watson. Dave? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was annoying. It was such a PR gaffe.
2: All he had to do was ride the positivity that followed from our really good performance, our pretty much clinching safety. And instead, he again... Uh, has a little dig at the fans and it's like it, he's not got any fans he's not got many fans on side with his performances for the majority of the season this, this, that last weekend it's a good performance, the getting the safety, he was in his best possible position to like go that's a really good end of the season what a way, like you know what a performance to to all the clinch the things, now the fans looking forward to having the fans back for next season when our aim is going to be getting to 10th. That's it. That's all he has to do. And the fans would be more behind them. But instead he digs this out again and says that, oh, it's a really difficult job because of the expectations of the fans. He's now since come out and said, oh, I didn't mean that. it's because of my poor vocabulary. I'm sorry. There's no other way to take what he said. You know, it's not like he's chosen the wrong word. The sentiment was it's a really difficult job because Newcastle fans demand world he even mentioned like world class signings. They want us to go out and sign Alan Shearer. Well, we're not gonna do that. It's like, who the fuck is he talking about? Who, who, who is he talking to that he he thinks that's what Newcastle fans want? It's it's honestly like a talk sport presenter just firing out a bullshit opinion to get people to call in, but he's our manager,
1: he's supposed to represent us. This is what I would say in response to that, right? I reckon he fundamentally, within himself, his his natural state is a talk sport presenter. I mean, he's in, he operates in that. He's that kind of a football man, right? So I think mm. he, like, I completely understand that you know he didn't do himself any favors with that, and being someone who is on Twitter a lot and sees the opinions of Newcastle fans, I am aware that he, like, touched some, like, notes that is going to send the Newcastle Twitter rati off with annoyance. It's going to set them off. It's like it's become a thing. I think he's just talking in what he would have considered pretty harmless platitudes and clichés, right? Just... Basically saying it's not he I don't think he would have seen it as an insult. There may be some subconscious blame towards the fans there, which is, you know, not great. I think it's more just a kind of like, well, I think it's just there's a series of cliches that Newcastle fans will sometimes buy into positively the idea that Newcastle is a different club to any other club. And what you don't get, this is what anyone who like, is involved with Newcastle will say, what you don't get about Newcastle United is it's not like other places, it's different. And he's saying, he's buying into some cliches about that and it's like, but I think Newcastle fans will get triggered by that and the word expectations, but that doesn't have to be a negative thing and necessarily meant negatively. It's just the idea that they expect better things from the club, so that there are.
2: There's a great ambition, which, which I understand, but using the expectations of the fans as a way to um, almost blaming that, using that as the the reason why the performances have been bad, or why the season hasn't gone as, as well as it could, or or basically I shifting the narrative. To, he so did. He did. Because the season didn't go well because of the expectations of the fans. Uh, didn't, those weren't his exact words, but his his he was talking about how difficult the job it is, and how things didn't go as well as they could. And part of that is the expectations of the fans. Well,
0: I think you have to remember English isn't Steve Bruce's first language. <laughs> this is the problem when you appoint a foreign, like progressive <laughs> coach like him. Things are going to get lost in translation. I do. It's, there's definitely truth to what he's saying. I don't think he meant it completely maliciously. I think New, Newcastle Twitter overreacted, shock horror. That's not that unusual. But as well, it's the sort of comments a manager makes when they're not in the job anymore. It's an odd mm. thing to keep coming out with during it. And to... Like, fan expectations in a season where there have been no fans in the stadiums feels like an odd excuse to trot out. I kind of I think there is a lot of pressure on him, but then... Wasn't he being
1: questioned about the criticism as opposed to... I don't think he was saying we've had a difficult season because of fan expectations uh, or that. Well, the was, criticism,
0: well, even about the, the criticism, criticism, a lot of it's been harsh. But I don't think it's been unwarranted to do. The thing he's not addressed about the criticism is that we signed some very good players in close season, having finished 13th last season and have dropped to 17th. So you, we have underperformed.
1: Sure. I'm not saying that, like, I under, I understand that what he said was, it, it was definitely a PR gaffe, right? It wasn't like, he's what we don't have in Steve Bruce, it's either a tactical genius or... An articulate level of what manager he, he, he doesn't fall into either of those camps. I, just, I, I think that there's such a toxic relationship between the fans and Steve Bruce now, by which I basically mean the Internet fans, the people that you see on the Internet and Steve Bruce, because that is the only place where the dialogue happens, between talk, sport interviews and tweets relayed to him via his son, Alex Bruce. That is where we are as a club. But um, I think that, I think it goes both ways. I think he says clumsy things and is a sensitive guy. And yes, maybe like throwing in a little bit of blame there and all that, but also I think Newcastle fans are like sat there waiting like to interpret everything in the worst possible way to be like I can't believe he said that about us I think you know, this
0: man I was calling a cunt mere minutes ago has suggested that we might not be wonderful people
2: but then a lot of I, the think little, I think I think it's the Newcastle fans I would say but also I would say that the criticism of, of Steve Bruce on the whole has been about his um the football that he, he he's had us playing, and the, the results that we have or haven't got, and also his his personality, and I think that those those criticisms are fair. We have been on the whole pretty shit, like some of the worst football I've seen in thirty years. His behaviour as 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 Newcastle manager. Has been poor. He's digged out the fans. He's had, he's had a go at the media. He hasn't covered himself in glory. So when he's getting criticism, some of it might be over the top and personal. But then for him to like launch back it launch back at the, the Newcastle fans and blame us for the performance on the pitch. You, it's we it's been that's the, the pitch. thing.
1: That's the thing. Is you that's become the thing, right? So like, I agree with everything up that you said up to that point, right? He had it has been a terrible reign of him as manager. We played a lot of bad football and uh he's made a series of like uh he's had a bad relationship with the fans, much of it his fault. He's made a series of stupid statements in the media, all of that is very clumsy with what he says and some of it might not be meant the right way. But then when he does an interview, it becomes like that's it. immediately it's been decided that what he said was the reason we didn't play well, you said he's blaming it on the fans expectations right that's what you just said. he didn't say that i don't think did anyone did did he actually say that he said that the. the,
2: he said said that that? the and they they asked him about the criticism that he's received and he said that some of it's not he said that it's some of it's um not justified he didn't say that any was justified he said some of it wasn't justified but the thing about newcastle is the they you know some of them expected to ask about uh, the criticism right He's not. I'm. I'm. He's being asked about the criticism. He's so he shift, he's shifting. He's shifting the. He's shifting the criticism because the criticism has been about the football, and he's saying, "Yeah, some of it's unjustified. They expect to sign world class players. What about the criticism about the style of football, of the results, of the performances, of the oh, yeah, you yeah, know, all, it's, all it's, of that it's, criticism?"
1: Right. It's
2: But
1: what I'm saying is, it's it, it's a. It's shifting the it narrative. Is. Okay, but it's a two-way street, right? Now I'm putting you directly up against Steve Bruce, right? Yeah. Because he, he but any moment Steve Bruce gives an interview, like anyone, because he's in the public eye, what he says can be like completely dissected and it has to be perfect. And if he goes and, he, and if he does something that can be interpreted in the wrong way, and it, if he says the wrong thing, then that's bad. But from your point of view, representing the Newcastle fans, you keep on saying something that's not true, right? That You keep on saying that he blamed the Newcastle fans' expectations on the performances. But he didn't say that. But you keep on but saying... I that I spoke. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. I well, misspoke. misspoke. And then if Steve Bruce hears this, then he's entitled to... Throw his hands in the air, hold his handbag, and write fifty tweets in a day about what a disgrace Dave Watson is and how it he doesn't fucking not and, and that's fine. Respect the, the Newcastle manager. Well, that's,
2: I don't respect the Newcastle manager. The thing, the thing is, I'm not uh, a really experienced. Football manager. I haven't spent the last thirty years in front of a camera learning what to say. How and long what have you been doing to this
1: say. podcast, Dave?
2: Like you're five me- years. You're a,
1: me- you're a media figure. You've been in the public eye <laughs> for five years. Yeah, you're talking about me, cattle, But you're not careful with your words. You just throw accusations around.
2: I'm quite happy to because if if Steve Bruce got a problem with me, he can come find me. The thing is, with Bruce, he has all this experience. He knows what he's saying he knows i don't believe he misspoke i believe it was a deliberate attempt on talksport to get the narrative back onto those deluded newcastle fans
1: i think he he's not right. the, to be fair to be fair yes he is doing a bit of that i'm just saying why. i would say two things
0: like compared to bobby robson a manager who frequently misspoke and talked about the pressure of the newcastle job he didn't often portray that as a negative and the pressure being detrimental to the club. I think with Robson, it was sort of part of the job and the pressure and what made the club special. I don't think Bruce sees it that way. I think he sees pressure and expectations from the fans as sort of a personal insult. But then on Bruce's side, it is a two-way street. And we, we, lots of fans as included, have criticised Bruce all season. And we've all said, when we were in that terrible run of form, he will definitely take us down. There's no way around it. And he is not the man for this club. And he can't do that. And then we've hit Europa League form. And there's been no acknowledgement of that, no credit to Bruce for that either. So I think we're wanting to have it with as a fan base, painting the whole narrative of anything bad that happens, Bruce, anything good that happens, players, and we're sort of sticking to that. And I can see why that would make him frustrated with the fan base. But then well, that's, a lot that's of that fine. is of his own making.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, that, and in the, the wake of the Leicester result, I saw plenty of articles saying, you know, great result, blah, blah, blah. And credit has to go to Bruce for it. And like fanzines and podcasts, they were all saying, you know, fair enough. Bruce has done well, we've been in some good form, we've had some good performances lately. And they have given him credit, but the trouble is, the perception is that he's getting no credit because all he's had for the majority of, of his, his tenure at Newcastle is criticism, but it's been justified. So if he's upset, like you're saying, it's of his own making. If he's not getting a lot of credit, it's because he's not doing so, anything that's really
0: credit creditworthy but until like he has the- done,
2: and now he gets credit.
0: All the negatives are of his making, and all the positives sort of seem to happen by chance in some people's eyes. Not you.
2: Yes, so, some people might do, but then you you look at the other, like certainly the other, like like um, True Faith um, fanzine and the Mag and a few others. They've said, "Fair enough. We thought he was going to. We were going to get relegated under Bruce, and we haven't been." And the last few games, this system—it's worked well. And let's have a chat about why it's working well and stuff. And they are giving credit, but it's not going to wash out the rest of the criticism because there's way more to criticize them for than there is to praise them. Like Fair we've enough. said, yeah. Just I was just going to say, this squad, these players—we shouldn't be bobbing about seventeenth. We should have been comfortably twelfth.
1: Fair enough. And I and I'm. I don't think it should just erase everything that's been before. I don't. I don't think that at all. I'm just, as is my usual contrarian self. I'm just giving the other side. Just a thing on the like the idea that it's just an observation on that that whole thing of Newcastle fans' expectations. There is a bit of a thing with our club where if a manager comes in at the right moment, they can almost build up the expectations. If a manager comes in and says new i mean now wouldn't be the moment but if they come in and say Newcastle fans they want this club to be winning trophies they want this club to be uh winning a league in Europe and you know what they're right to want that because this is the greatest you know what you don't understand about Newcastle is it's a one club city and blah 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 and they will hype that and use that to their advantage and say that that, that. and then but then the next minute another manager will come in and say uh, or someone associated with the club will say, "Well, the Newcastle fans' expectations—they expect too much, or whatever." So it's a bit of a seesaw. That you I can think Bruce's of- comment I
0: mean, about fans expecting like record signings, like Alan Shearer, is the one that feels most like he's talking out of his ass. Where you just like, have you have you watched Newcastle for the last ten years? There has not been. It took us what. 15 years to break our transfer record when everyone else was doing it. Nobody was asking us to go out and break the world record for a transfer just to compete as I'm, a club, which I mean, the sorry. problem is Bruce can't address that. He can't say the fans want us to compete as a club, but we won't because we've got a sort of absentee owner.
2: And I think what you what you mentioned there, Fergus, is, is fair. And I think anybody who knows how to, to work the press and the media and, and, and by by extension, the fans, they wouldn't say, oh, the expectations here are high and they should be. They would say something like, sorry, something like Benitez said, which is this club can grow. There's no reason why we can't aim to get comfortably top half, why we can't compete in, a, in, in the cups, because those are way higher than we are like setting our targets now, but they're attainable. What Bruce came in and said is like, I'm gonna finish top 10 or well, this kind of club. We we my my remit is to make sure that we finish 17th. Next season we're gonna be finishing top 10. Well, as long as I get safety, I'm fine. All those weren't his exact words, but like, you know, he he he's shifting the the the, the targets within his own tenure. He's like, we're gonna go for that. Oh no, we can only do this. It's like, mate, these our expectations under Mike Ashley are. If we finish any higher than 17th, that's a good season. That's that's the Newcastle expectations right now. It's not fucking Champions
0: League. It hasn't been for, what, four or five years? But I think as well, you can't expect Bruce to be very media savvy just because he's been in the game a long time. We you look at managers like Ian Holloway, who've been in the game for decades, there's that type of English manager who isn't media savvy, and you can't just... Change that personality by having them in the game longer it's just a sign of him being a bit of a dinosaur as well, I think
1: but, yeah. um, well um let's move on and we'll, we'll we'll go to Twitter you know I'm sure the good thing is that now that we're safe, um, I would imagine we'll get the chance for at least another year of conversations about Steve bro <laughs> We can continue this conversation as we go. I'm, but like I say, I'm not entirely just defending Steve Bruce. I just want to make that clear. Uh, Thomas Burkhan says, no more Life After Love? I miss it. Um, yes, uh, we did have uh, a game, Life After Love. It was a fun game. Maybe we should bring it back at some point. We will do another one. Um, Andy Sheldon says, with Wilton out, is Bruce going to revert to the tried and tested failure of Joe Linton up Front on his own or do you think he's finally learned a lesson I worry that's an obvious and depressing answer well let's say it, I mean I would throw that back at Andy Sheldon if he's learned his lesson what what is the answer what would what is the, if we want to keep playing the same system which we were talking about earlier on and Wilson's out but everyone else is fit, what is the answer
0: well I think if we keep the same system Wilson's been playing as part of a front two rather than up on his own. St. Maximin's essentially been a striker. So I think it'll it will be Joel Linton or Gale to come in for him. I mean Joel Linton's been a failure, but by his very poor standards, he has had an upturn in form over the last month or so. So I wouldn't it wouldn't be the disaster it previously would have been to have Joel Linton getting picked ahead of Gale in a front two with St. Maximin. I think he does offer a, a, f- a more physical outball compared to Gale. I'd still rather have Gale because I think he's more suited to that counter attack. But I don't. I would be amazed if we set up with one up top anyway. Let alone if that one up top is Joe Linton.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Gale has just signed a, a new contract, so. Assume. That. Yeah, I don't I'm with you, Dave. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. So you'd assume he's got some kind of role to play. Andy Carroll, I don't he won't be starting, but I wonder if he's played his last minutes for us. Be interesting to see. Um Teague says, How would you like to see the team changed up to give different players a chance to get some game time now that we are safe? Fingers crossed for an Henri Saive masterclass. That would have got... It's not registered, is <laughs> no. it? I, I wonder if Atsu will get some minutes. I wonder if Matty Longstaff will get a chance.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see this... Matty Longstaff and Elliot Anderson. Not necessarily yeah. at the same time, but they're the ones we think, if you're not
1: playing them now, why the hell aren't they out on loan? The fact that Matty Longstaff is, hasn't even made an appearance on the bench for months makes me think that there's... St- I mean, I don't want to spread any rumours, but I think he's murdered someone.
0: (laughs) But it's the same as when, say, Sean Longstaff, Matt Ritchie, Jacob Murphy couldn't get a game. You sort of think, well, maybe there's something going on in training then, they're just not up to it. And then you see them get included. It's like, oh, this has massively improved the team. They were making
1: appearances on the bench. Matty Longstaff. Yeah, I guess hmm. so.
0: And I guess
1: the, like the
2: way that we're set up, if if Matty Longstaff were to come back into the side, it would be like um, like a dad coming back from prison.
0: <laughs> it would be like that.
1: Um, good question from Robert Elliot. I'm throwing it at you. I don't, I don't know um, if you'll be able to come up with something on the spot. But he says the local hero music they play at the start is dreary, insipid, fake Scottish music. There's an opinion you can agree with it. Oh, not. But he says they should play something else. But what? I quite um, like Local Hero
0: before the game. I
2: like Local Hero, the yeah. One I
0: don't like is when they get that guy on singing Blade and Races before the match. Always seems like, to lead to an implosion.
2: Yeah. I, I like Local Hero, but if, if if it if um if Robert Ellie wants to change it, he didn't make a suggestion though, did he? I mean
1: when you want us to pick from yeah, the... I do quite like Local Hero as well, but, you know, what? if we couldn't do that, should you have the *Bike Grove theme tune?
2: <laughs> Johnny Briggs theme tune. I love the Johnny Briggs theme tune.
1: Something local, you know.
0: Johnny what Briggs would uh, be great. What was if the Spender you... theme tune? Well, Local Hero is local, isn't it? It's Dire Straits. It is, yeah. It's not, it's not
1: fake Scott, it's From
0: a, I think my dad was... Th- the actually, the Avida Zane Pet theme tune thinking that's Livid <laughs> All Right by Joe Fagan would be superb.
1: My dad was an expert in the film local here. Never did, did he play a fisherman. I think what he like showed he did he, he played did. a prostitute. He showed, he showed up <laughs> dead, never Yeah he played he played a dead prostitute.
2: <laughs> um I think I think they recorded an episode of Spender at my my middle school. Oh, seems likely
1: i auditioned for bike Grove. Oh. Did, did you audition, did your accent get in the way well actually dave when i was 12 i had a jolly accent did you though know? i did yeah.
0: and they confiscated it as soon as you got to the royal shakespeare company yeah <laughs> So you could have it back when you finished
1: Ed Fusco says I don't understand this one it's got three likes I'm going to be made a fool of it's a reference to something which I don't get Have you ever actually wanted an electric bike that that could tear your face off
2: Oh it's the um the sponsors of this it's like e-bikes or the something
1: sponsors of our podcasts Yeah all oh, right Oh okay. all right Okay. Um, um, yes, one I of have. them is like <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have and they they're fantastic fantastic bikes thank you very much
0: some of the best bikes around
1: some of the yeah you know, those electric bikes i can't remember what the whatever that brand name is they are they are absolutely fantastic
0: i mean for this podcast you want an electric bike that can rip your cock off that's the perfect mix surely <laughs> that's
1: their slogan uh, one up gaming says if Steve Bruce could replicate the form from the last month or two, would you be happy with him to continue to be manager? Or would you rather yeah. someone else that was a yes from Steve? Okay. From Steve, from Dave. Steve. Is it Steve. Steve? <laughs> or would you rather someone else came in who probably be in an unknown quantity? I mean, it's a weird question in a way, isn't it? Because if if we continued the form. Which, as we've established, is top six form. Um, and
0: yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, would want it, but it's weird.
2: But
1: yeah, if, if the
2: question was, if uh, a twist in the question would be if, if Steve Bruce would guarantee you like 14th, 15th, or an unknown would, you know, we, some random German manager, you have no idea where would you finish, would you make the change personally? I'd make the change. I'd I'd roll the dice to see if I could if we could do more with the players that we've got because I believe they could. But like Steve Bruce is he's going to get you like probably going to get you safety maybe get you relegated.
1: Yeah. I think the
0: change. thing is we, we know he's not going to replicate the form of the last month because I mean as sporting, two, yes. as sporting stories go, if Steve Bruce managed to get us in the top six, it would be up there as managerial sort of Phoenix, like rising from the flames.
1: Um, But I imagine he's saying, you know, if Steve Bruce could throw in the odd result like that on a regular basis and get us to like.
0: Well, last season was kind of that season, really.
1: Mm. If we had a season, if Steve Bruce could get us like, and they're where a Villa now. We could have a season like Villa have had this season, who only just survived from relegation. With they survived on the final day, right last season. Yeah. They really, only just missed out, right? Mm. We could go on and have a season like Villa have had. They did make quite a few signings, didn't they?
0: I think as well, though, with Villa's situation, there's hope is kind of tied into that, which it feels like you don't have, when you get a good run of results under Steve Bruce, no part of you really thinks, well, we can kick on from here and this could be us top eight with Bruce next season. I think he's shown it's sort of factored into him managing the club. There will be purple patches and there will be terrible patches. And that's sort of feels like that's what you're going to get barring a m- massive stroke of luck and having our first 11 fit all season. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, Tomorrow night as we record and probably last night as you listen (laughs) considering (laughs) the the rapidity of uh, when these podcasts come out um, we are playing Manchester City I mean let's talk about that they have just won the title this for them, well for both of us, it's a nothing game Mm. Um, but they have just won the title, they do have two first 11s who would probably finish in the Champions League places. But they do have uh, far bigger fish to fry. We're playing them at the home. We're coming off the back of our best win of the season. What do you reckon is going to happen, Paul?
0: I just want to see a really good guard of honour. That's what it's all about yeah. for me, this game.
1: Will we give them a guard of honour? Yeah, yes doing that yeah. but
0: it's all well and good in theory the Guard of Honour but can you recreate it on a Friday night in Newcastle <laughs> that's what we need to see
1: I'd like to see a completely reckless two-footed challenge in the <laughs> Guard of Honour yes <laughs> I saw loads
2: of loads of people on Twitter like having a go at the, the Man City fans who like the hundred or so that went to the Etihad to celebrate the, the win and I was like it's a fucking Tuesday night. They weren't playing. They the league had been theirs for ages. Yeah, and and like they've won it before, so it's not like um like if if
1: I don't know like Aston Villa if they'd won it, then then oh, you mean were, You mean people were saying that it was pathetic that only a hundred attended? Yeah, and it's like
2: oh, oh, and also there's a pandemic. It's like of course they're not like they'll they'll yeah. turn out for the open top parade or whatever. For this game, it is a nothing game and I expect that all of their players will have one eye on the um, on the Champions League. So and our players they'll be slathered up to the eyeballs on factor 50. They'll be fully on the beach. So not expecting a good performance from either side to be honest, but I think they'll be better and they'll win 2-0.
0: Paul. I think Man City.
1: There's less than a minute on the Zoom. (gasps) I will say 3-1 Man City. And um, that leaves me to say thank you very much to uh, Paul Doolan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Steve Bruce, for uh, keeping us safe. And Thank Thank you, you, Grant Jones. And thank you to you, the Newcastle listening. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>